this week on The Reverse Stick, we're up and running at the Euros as Oceania, Africa and Asia warm up for the race to the World Cup. And we also speak to Sabine Hahn, author of the Hockey Kids series of books. And welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee and I'm joined every week by Matt Allen. Welcome, Matt. G'day, John. G'day, everybody. How are we going today, John? Oh, fabulous. It's finals time. It is finals time. Well, at least here it's finals time. (laughs) Well, I can see a lot on the socials at the moment. It's pre-season time for a lot of our friends in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. So they're all putting in the hard yards and looking forward to the upcoming season, whereas we're getting to the pointy end of things down here in in Australia. We are indeed. Whoops, a little bit of music coming in there. <laughs> technical glitch. Look, I um, want to kick, kick things off this week just to start things off, John, and a big congratulations to the Como Hockey Academy down here in Perth. They attempted the Guinness World Record for the biggest hockey lesson at the weekend. They managed to beat the existing record, which was at 509. They got 618 out on a sunny afternoon um, down here in Perth at, in Floriot, Perry Lakes. So congratulations to the guys there. I don't think they've probably put on as much as they'd wanted to, so it leaves a good chance for somebody else to have a crack at it, and uh, maybe there can be a bit of a ding-dong battle go on with that. I'm sure there'll be a few eyes looking at that record thinking, oh, we might be able to crack that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, wait and see. I reckon if someone does, they'll be back having another shot at it as well. But before we go further, Matt... Yes! Yes, it is time for the news, and we've got a few uh, tournament issues to go through and tell you about today. So we'll start off with the uh, Euro Championships for men and women being held in Amsterdam in the Netherlands at the moment. Boy, oh boy, there's been some great action coming through. And before we talk about any of the results, John, I've really got to commend the Euro Hockey Federation for what they're doing with the video coverage, uh, what they're doing with the highlights packages that they're putting out on social media. I'm waking up every morning and the games that have happened a little bit too late to stay up for, I'm waking up and the action's there. And it's just thrilling. It's well put together. It's, it's the expectation. It's the standard being set there that, you know, that's what we want as hockey lovers. So, FIH, take note, have a look at what they're doing because they're doing a great job. Now, I understand it's not great for everybody because there are some geo-blocking issues happening where the the broadcasts are available in your home country, but at least they're available. And, uh, yeah, really, really good standard of production and some cracking games. So, on to the results. Yeah, the, the vision has been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, that's right. And the results would be? Well, the results are, <laughs> the results have been pretty outstanding as well. I well, they've only been going a couple of days, so there's not too much can be read into it at this stage. But as the tournament re- progresses, we'll know more about, you know, where certain teams have been left. But the, the results so far, as few as they've been, have been a real mixed bag. Hasn't oh, it's been it? absolutely topsy turvy. Um, so we're going to start. We'll start off by talking about the the men's competition now. Overnight for us, we saw the Belgians put five past the Dutch on home territory um, and this is on the back of the Dutch having an absolute stonking game against <laughs> the, the Spanish in the prior game so you just don't know what goes on you know, you've said in the past couple of weeks the margins in hockey are so close and, and you, you can't feel that bad if you go down 8-0 if you're playing a team that's on song and we're seeing that there at the moment uh, the Irish boys are doing very well they got a 1-1 draw out of Germany and put 6 past the Poles 
Um, the Germans have uh, got a win over England, so it's all to play for there. And the the hockey has just been sensational, end to end. And even even the the one one draw, draw between Ireland and Germany was a you know a great game, a lot of attrition, and uh, a late equaliser there for the Irish, just super stuff. You know that idea about the the margins in hockey being so small was I thought best summed up in the goal, one of the goals <laughs> that the Belgians scored, where it, it the the shot was actually missing. The goalie's reacted to the shot and stuck his leg out, and his leg is horizontal essentially with the ground, and the balls caught the the top of his boot and bounced back yeah, into, back on the, That's right. into the goal. Now. You know, 99 times out of 100, he's either going to miss the ball or go out the back line. It's going to hit his foot and deflect anywhere but the goal. But just on this occasion, when everything's going right for you, bang, that one goes in. That's right, and it, and it went with some pace. That, oh, it was I, a fair I, shot. Dockier's stick was on fire. Because he, he put the first one away. Um, a brilliant the, cover oh, drive, yeah, too. Yeah, he yeah, slaughtered so, that ball. Yeah, just smashed super it. Stuff. So the Belgians are looking you know, pr- pretty good there. They're topping that group uh, A with the Netherlands in second spot. So there's two games played, one more, one more to play as, um, from when we record. Um, and over in Pool B, uh, Ireland and Germany currently sit level with four points apiece with uh, England in third spot there. So all to play for in the final round games um, in the men's competition there. Given the results we've seen, can you pick a winner? Does anybody stand out as well? You know, like they're probably the team to beat. I don't think that's the case. It's such a lottery. Yeah, anyone on their day. And uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's what we want from the sport. And that's certainly something that... That we can use as a selling point is just the sheer excitement that you can uh, you can get from a game of hockey that is almost unparalleled. So in the women's Rabo Euro Hockey Championship, uh, the two the two games have been played there so far in both of the pools. So the Netherlands are sitting pretty at the top of Pool A on six points, with the Belgians and Spain sitting below both with a win apiece. Um, so all to play for for you know the the top two spots there to go through into the semis. In the other pool there, the Germans are on six points, with England on three points below, and Ireland and Scotland a point apiece. Once again, all to play for. That second spot is open. So Germany are through and the Netherlands are through, but that second spot from both pools is, is there there and up for grabs. And I think the English team would be bitterly disappointed if they didn't manage to take that spot. Yeah, it's a big, big game. Come, well, big game's coming up for everyone. Yeah, it's, it is that time of the year, Confederations time. Um, of course, we've had the Pan-Americans... Cup, which was won both men and women by Argentina, which has opened up a spot for New Zealand and for Italy. Italy in the women's side, men's side is the New Zealand team in the World Cup with the qualification process there. Still four places up for grabs, Matt, and they'll all come down to who wins different confederations. Either the winner will go through or someone will be lucky enough that their world ranking is high enough to get them into that spot. Well, the, the, bis- the position in the Hockey World League semi-final yeah. and then their world ranking right, is, yeah. The, yeah, is the secondary one on there. Oh, it's a bit of bit to get through. But anyway, um, next off the rank as far as the Confederation Cups come will be the Asian Cup and the Oceania Cup, which are both being played at the same time. The Asian Cup is going on in uh, for the men in Dakar in Bangladesh, and that will be held from the 11th to the 22nd of October. For the Women's Asian Cup, that will be held from the 28th of October October to the 5th of November. Uh, We've got no information there apart from the dates. That will be held at Gifu in Japan. So that'll be interesting for the ladies, spend some time in Japan. Uh, The men's 
side of the Asian Cup, we do have the pools there. India, Pakistan, Japan and Bangladesh are in one pool. And Malaysia, Korea, China and Oman are pool B. The big game to look out there for, Matt? Well, you'd think it'd be India, Pakistan India, in Pakistan. the pool game, though, wouldn't you? That's going to be happening on... Uh, Sunday, or is it, no, it's, uh, son- Sunday, the 15th of October at 5.30 Bangladeshi time. 5.30pm Bangladeshi time. So, set, so set your alarms for that one. Absolutely. Look out for the stream as well. I'm sure you'll be able to catch that action somewhere. And that's, look, it's gonna, it's gonna be a tough pool to get out of that pool A with India, Pakistan, Japan and Bangladesh there. There's no guarantee that India and Pakistan will make their way through as the top two. No, and you look at Pool B, Malaysia would probably be the um, the biggest team in there, but um, China's come a long way, very quick time. Oman's the interesting one. Yeah, that's right, and I think we've talked before, Oman's another country that's played a lot of indoor hockey, and that's where the, their style of play and the, the, um, the numbers that they get into the outdoor game uh, generated. Uh, the Oceania Cup, which will be played, or it will start at the same time, on the 11th of October... That's been played between three nations, yes, Australia, right. New Zealand and Papua New Guinea. And that's in Sydney? That's in Sydney. So you'd expect a place from the Oceania Cup, given that Australia and New Zealand have already qualified for the World Cup, will be up for grabs for teams to qualify from outside of that with their World and hockey, World Hockey League rankings. And we've also got the Africa Cup coming up um, on October 29, oh, sorry, October 19 to 29, and that's being played in Ismailia in Egypt. So that looks like it's uh, for both men and women. They'll be both be going on at the same time. And I think we'll, we're looking forward to seeing a replay of that Egypt versus South Africa game that was played in the Hockey World League semi-final. Big Absolutely. upset for the Egyptians in that in that game, and uh, really great to see. Not so much if you're South Africa. Just on on the oh, South Africa. We don't Africans. unfortunately have any more information at this stage uh, beyond that as far as the African Cup. But we'll try and get hold of some qualifiers and pool information. Something something interesting coming up in the news this week is that Sheldon Rostron, the women's head coach yeah. from, from South Africa, um, is also taking on the interim men's role and they'll run a, a dual team or a single team for the two two teams uh, of the Africa Cup of Nations coming up. I don't know if that's a first, is it, John? I reckon way back in the day somewhere someone may have. Uh, done both jobs, certainly not in the modern era you'd think it, it, there might have been people who've had directors of coaching roles where they've been overall in charge of both men's and women's um, competitions but haven't been necessarily the, the coach of specifically of that team. Yeah, well they're gonna be, they're gonna be a busy old group aren't they? Well I wonder, I would say a lot of the responsibility falls to your assistants there and that he would be more in an overseeing position. Maybe he is gonna be sitting down match day and tactically making changes but it would be difficult you'd think to be across both teams to the level that you'd need to be to be doing that taking that sort of yeah, role. Well, good on him, and I'm, I hope he gets the commensurate level of pay that he, <laughs> he should be getting for, for the two roles. Well, maybe they're actually trying to save a little bit of money. Well, Look, yeah. you're down here coaching anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, it... It'll save on the travel cost. What, what, how, how good would it be for him if he won both? Yeah, You'd be a pretty happy man, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, retire. Retire. Yeah, probably. Just quickly before we go off the news, we have got another tournament going on at the moment, which is the Southeast Asian Games, which are going on in uh, KL in Malaysia. Yes. Um, so there's, uh, the indoor tournament's underway at the moment. Some big scores been going in. I spotted Malaysia opened the tournament in the men's comp with a 16-0 over the Philippines. Also involved are Indonesia, Thailand, Singapore, Vietnam, 
um, and that they'll transfer also then through to the the outdoor uh, games starting next week. And we haven't heard too much news about the Southeast Asian Games, unfortunately, but they had a huge um, opening ceremony in Kuala Lumpur the other night, and um, big flashlights going off everywhere. It looked really, really good. It's obviously a huge event for everybody involved. Yeah, that's right. And, look, and it's another one of these uh, great opportunities for smaller nations to get, get together and uh, you know give, give themselves a test against each other. It does uh, pose a question to me about where does our country sit Australia, if we're not in the Southeast Asian Games, if we're not competing there, where where do we fit into this whole big world? Because well, we're not quite anything else. Some, some sports have taken the leap and have um, you know gone fully into the Asian um, confederations, a la the uh, the Socceroos and the uh, Matildas with soccer. Um, so that they did that at a time where it thought they'd get a better opportunity for a World Cup qualification. Um, it has proven that way, and it's meant that they haven't to go haven't had to go and play a um, a qualifier in Uruguay or somewhere like that just to sneak in at the back door. So it's made sense for soccer in this country to do it. For hockey, I'm you know, not quite sure. Or when you see Australia, New Zealand and Papua New Guinea as the only teams competing at a Confederation Cup, you have to start questioning the worth of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but obviously there's issues involved that go far beyond anything we can talk about in this forum. Uh, for why Oceania does stand yeah, as a confederation. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they will have to think about it in the future. Yeah. And now it's time for our feature interview here on The Reverse Stick. And this week we're talking to German author, publisher... Um, illustrator. Illustrator. Manager. Man- <laughs> <laughs> I think she does everything. Sabine Hahn. Sabine is not a hockey person as such. She didn't grow up with the game, but she was led to the game, and when she got there, she's fallen in love with it. She's written a series of children's books about hockey. Probably a lot of us have never seen a children's book about hockey, so she's filling a very important niche. Yeah, that's that's right. And so she's originally, she, she has two books in the series at the moment, originally published in her native German tongue, the first of the series, The Hockey Kids, uh, is available now. Sorry, The Hockey Kids, The Adventure Begins, is available now. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've got a six-year-old daughter. Uh, this is just perfect for her age, um, perfect for primary school age, and it makes you, makes you wonder why have we never had these on our shelves before. And it's part of this wider thing that we need to build as a, as a hockey community. We can steal ideas from other sports, that's fine, but let's just make them our own. Um, you know, there'll be countless football and rugby books that have been published yeah. over the years w- yeah. with that sort of tilt. And so if you can get behind this, guys, and get it requested at your local libra- libraries, buy it for your kids, buy it for your clubs, um, you know, I, I think it's a really worthwhile project to, to get behind and, and good for our sport. Now, it was a real pleasure to talk to Sabine, especially considering that this is her first interview in English. She was a bit hesitant to talk to us, but she uh, she bit the bullet and she's done a remarkable job because I wouldn't have got anywhere in an interview in German. So hats off to Sabine. She did a great job with this interview. Yeah, absolutely. With us today is author of The Hockey Kids, Sabine Hahn. Coming live from Germany, and we'll start things off by saying Bienvenue, Willkommen, and welcome, Sabine, to the Reverse Stick. Hi, Matt. Hi, John. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for coming on, and uh, hopefully you're going to tell us lots about your wonderful hockey books. 
so we'll get straight into it and let's just start off a little bit and find out what your connection is to the hockey family. Well, uh, I got connected to the hockey family only a few years ago when my son started to play. I never played hockey before. Actually, he wanted to play ice hockey, but uh, it proved to be uh, too rough for him. So he tried out the version without ice. And uh, I must say I was immediately uh, hooked. It was so fascinating to see all these kids playing hockey with a great respect and caring for each other and being there for for one another. And uh, it's just fantastic. And for me, it's just also an aesthetic spot. You know, I love the penalty corners, that frozen moment full of concentration. And it's always like an artistic still life and very, very beautiful to watch. Well, we've both got a big smile on our face here sitting, sitting, sitting opposite each other. Now, you told us you might have a bit of a, a problem in communicating in English uh, with us. Well, that's certainly not the case, and um, you, 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 you tell the story very eloquently there. So you, you've been writing and illustrating for some time? Uh, yes. Uh, since I, I was able to hold a pencil, I've been drawing and sketching, and uh, it was uh, my best subject at school. And uh, my whole life was uh, such influenced by, by drawing. And um, then uh, my passion for writing came little by little as I became first a professional bookbinder and uh, I had always the wish to create my own illustrated and uh, own written book one day. So um, I just started one day. Sabine, what gave you the inspiration to, to come up with the Hockey Kids? Uh, well, when my son started to play hockey a few years ago, as I said, um, I was thinking that uh, it would be great to buy him a book with a funny adventure about his uh, favorite sport, you know, um, something like all these series about football, but uh, I soon found out that there wasn't anything for a little boy in primary school age except of some non-fiction books about how to play hockey and uh, my son's coach also had no idea and told me that I would simply have to write it myself. <laughs> well, um, I just, just had started to write, to write uh, children books, so I nominated him as my official advisor and uh, began to write and that's how the hockey kids were born. When you were writing this book, did you have a particular age group that you were aiming it at? Uh, well, the hockey kids, as well as all my kids' books, actually, um, are for children in primary school age um, and for little hockey players, as well as for kids who don't know anything about hockey. And uh, this is also the age of my main characters and uh, fits perfectly to my illustrations, I think. And um, it's such a great age where they discover so many things. They learn to read and they also try out different kinds of sports. So it fits very, very well. So the, the three hockey kids that feature within the books, uh, Max, Lena and Lars, are they based on any particular children or do they have any particular traits, individual traits, the three of them? Um, no, I think I can't say that. Um, when I began to plan my hockey story long before starting to write it, I had to think about uh, who would play a role and how many kids should be involved and whether they should be boys or girls and in which constellation. So 
As I always wanted to reach boys as well as girls, I had to take both of them. So I tried out a little bit and chose the combination of one girl and uh, her two classmates. And that's how Lena, Max and Lars saw the day. And all three of them have surely lots of traits I've seen while I'm watching kids playing hockey and quite necessary to observe them but um, all my stories and characters are invented and I can't say oh well this kid is like my own one for instance Sabine you've also taken Lena Max and Lars on the road with you as well haven't you you've been able to take it out to schools and I believe hockey clubs as well uh, yes, I'm having readings, uh, a lot of readings uh, through Germany in schools and in clubs and my readers um, love hockey or they even don't know anything about hockey and this reading um, gives me a great possibility to observe the kids while I'm reading and to have fun with them and to tell them lots about uh, hockey and uh, these are very special moments for me. Sabine, do you get a lot of support from the hockey clubs? Uh, support, I can't say support, but uh, they are very interested and they are inviting me for readings or uh, they have my books. And um, yes, that's the kind of support I get. And that is Sabine Hahn, German author, publisher, illustrator and all-round wonderful person for producing her series of The Hockey Kids. We'll be hearing more from Sabine very shortly. Part two of our interview will be coming up and the whole interview will also be available on the website www.thereversestick.net. Look for the featured interview tag and click on that and it takes you to the page where all of our featured interviews are. That's right, and if you're a little bit forgetful, then keep an eye on your social media, facebook.com forward slash the reverse stick or twitter.com forward slash the reverse stick, and uh, we'll give you a little prompt when the episode's published and out there ready for you to listen to. Matt, something I hadn't planned to talk about before we started going well, organising our podcast for the, today and doing our little bit of research as we do, and really only a little bit of research, <laughs> but, you know, trying to figure out what we're going to talk about today and we're going through the Confederation stuff. And uh, go to the FIH website because you think that would be the font of all knowledge for all things hockey. Click on the events and there's a list of all the events. It's You know, it seems reasonably well laid out. It's nice. I don't like how flash and glossy it is the FIH website because it takes too long to load with all of that stuff but I get why they do it so I'm not that unhappy or anything okay so go to the Oceana page to look up the Oceana Cup stuff it's got the last lot of results listed for 2015 when you click on the events page to find out anything about the upcoming Oceana Cup the one in about six weeks time uh-huh. nothing it's all the results of the last Oceania Cup in 2015. Same for the African uh, Cup page. That has all the results and all the tables from the 2015 competition, but no information about the upcoming competition. Well, no, I've, I've seen the graphics um, and information come up from Hockey Australia um, yeah. through, through my feed. Well, that's where we had to get this information from. Yes, we, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's obviously some breakdown in either who updates the pages for the various events or is that new information and graphic work being sent, sent to the FIH? Where, where are the synergies between the national associations and yeah, the yeah. FIH? And, and let's face it, if you're someone from outside of hockey, 
if you're a journalist who's been asked to, oh, what's going on here, and you go to that FIH website, you expect that that's where you're going to find the information. Yeah. And that's where that information should be. To find that it's two years out of date, two years, not two months, two years, that's a really disappointing. Yeah, look, it's, it's a bit sloppy. What I would say is that I've maintained our club website for a, a number of years and there are sometimes there are those pages that slip away that you don't really need to update or don't look at very often and it's not until somebody gets in touch with you to say, oh, do you realise the award winner from uh, three years ago has been put up on a certain page? And uh, you can slip through. But bearing in mind, uh, I'm, a, I'm a volunteer. I was going to ask how much the hockey club pays you to do that role. <coughs> <laughs> okay, big empty yeah, no, blob. Yeah, blob, absolutely. Blob, blob, blob. It's all, all done for love, like most of us that volunteer in yeah. the hockey world. It's it's all done for love. Well, the FIH website isn't run for love, by people being paid in love. Yeah, good call. And now it's time for part two of our interview with Sabine Hahn, author, publisher, and illustrator of the children's series of books the hockey kids and this is a bit where you might need to get your encyclopedia out matt we did have a a reference to some of the language that we'd be using a little bit difficult for some people to understand yeah a friend of ours johnny dible this is the second time he gets a mention uh in the first 11 episodes of the show i'm not changing the music john (laughs) but yeah he uh he said he needed to get the uh the dictionary out the other day to we used too many big words i found it quite hard to understand from us but here's some more coming up from sabine for you johnny so you've also um, been in partnership with swiss hockey can you tell us a little bit about that Well, this uh, project and partnership is very great, and I'm really happy about it. Swiss Hockey has a very interesting concept of coaching children. It ensures well-trained and special coaches for kids. It takes the parents on board, and it's absolutely suitable for kids. And, uh, you know, kids aren't just small adults. They have other needs, and coaches have to be aware of this and so each group, the coaches, the parents, and the, the children get their own booklet uh, from the clubs uh, with all important information they need. And uh, I'm the lucky one who gives the faith <laughs> to the children's booklet and uh, to the hockey sport for children in Switzerland. So I have written a kind of activity book where my three little hockey kids are once again the main characters. And uh, one day they discover some flyers at their school announcing trial days of a hockey of hockey in a club. And um, Lena, Max, and Lars, the three main characters, they are hooked. And uh, the following days they learn a lot about uh, a player's garment, healthy foods, techniques, and uh, about what it means to be part of a team. And uh, every single hockey kid in Switzerland will get this book, and it's a real honor for me. That sounds fa- fantastic, and what a what a great initiative! Mm. Now on yes. onto the books themselves. Book number one in the series, "The Adventure Begins," is now available in English. Where can people get hold of it? I, you know, I, I personally, I've got a six-year-old daughter, and uh, I can't wait to get a hold of a copy of it. So, where can people get hold mm-hmm. of it um, around the world? Where's the best place to find it, and the best place that people can buy it that's going to give the biggest percentage of the revenue to you? Well, yes, uh, book number one is finally available in English that uh, took a little yes, because meanwhile I left my publisher and uh, founded my own publishing company, and uh, 
So this year, professional translator did that great job and translated the first book. There's another in uh, in German, the second, and uh, there will surely be uh, the third one next year. But uh, book number one is an available in English at uh, Book Depository, for instance, and it sells delivery free all over the world. That's a great thing. And you can also look at Amazon in, in uh, other countries. Uh, for instance, uh, the UK is uh, selling it. And uh, yes, on iTunes you can get the ebook. Yes. That's super. So Book Depository, I think that, that's bookdepository.com? Yes. Yeah, I have, we, we have used them in the past ourselves, so we'll have a look there and get hold of a copy. Now, we've never seen a children's <laughs> book like this before. You, you, you spoke before that you couldn't find one out there. Um, it takes a, a lot of work to go from, uh, oh, look, there isn't one available to, I'm going to put one together. Um, why do you think there's never been a hockey book before? Well, I think that's... Easy to answer because making books, uh, books in general means a lot of effort without really being profitable. So a kid's book series about hockey is even more special than others and the readership is very, very limited. And so on the other hand, um, a children's book series about hockey means lots of work day and night because you can't stop thinking about it. And the ideas fly by at any time. You need a great commitment to the project and uh, a lot of knowledge just too. And uh, on the other, other hand, it means a, a very small income. There are a lot of running costs that nobody knows. Uh, I have to pay the fee of the German list of deliverable books. I have to pay the translators and lectors and it's not really uh, profitable if you have to pay, for instance, uh, an author and an illustrator. And um, that's probably the difference between others and me because I'm doing all the, these things alone. So I keep the rights and um, I keep all the even small revenues. So in the end, it can perhaps only be done like this. Well, I commend you for taking on the project and yeah, wish, you, wish you every success with it. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So where can people find out more about you and what's going on with new books com coming out? They can go to your website? Uh, yes, you'll find uh, all information about me and my books at uh, sabinahan.net or on my publisher's site, moncock.com. You can find me on Facebook uh, as well, um, on um, Autoren Sabine Hahn, or the Hockey Kids have uh, as well as um, their pages. It's called Die Hockey Kids, never mind the Die, which is simply <laughs> the German article for the Hockey Kids, yes. Um, <laughs> so um, watch out for Die Hockey Kids, and I have reached a thousand of fans this weekend. I'm very, very happy. Woohoo, congratulations. And, um, Yes, and follow me on Twitter as well, um, Sabina Hahn Books. You can find me there. Sabina, we uh, have a, a good idea of how hard it is to put all this sort of stuff together and to get it out there, and we hope everybody out who's listened to our podcast will check out the work you've done because uh, it's a great book. Uh, any chance we can get the FIH to adopt the kids' uniforms for a team? <laughs> Well, um, I'm very happy that the president of the European uh, Hockey Federation wrote me a nice, a very nice epilogue. So I think the European Federation is in and uh, perhaps one day um, also the international one. 
Sabina, that sounds great. And look, we'll let you go now. And thank you very much for your time today. We wish you all success and look forward to seeing all the exciting uh, follow-ups to The Hockey Kids, The Adventure Begins. Yes, I thank you for that great opportunity to talk a little bit about my uh, hockey kids. And uh, yes, I say bye. And that was Sabine Hahn, author of the series of hockey-related children's books, The Hockey Kids. And Matt, you can find out more about The Hockey Kids and Sabine at... Uh, www. Oh, here I go again, John. I've mentioned this two weeks running now. I've gone in to do a www, and I just thought, no, I won't bother. I'll leave the last one out. Nobody, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Just go to the World Wide. So we'll go again. World Wide Web. It's easier to say. So we'll we'll post all of the links to find out about Sabine's books, where you can buy uh, the the Hockey Kids. The links, you know, anything you need to do to find it, we'll have that posted up on our website, and we'll make sure we put links out on on social media as well, so it's nice and easy to to find. Oh, I've got a couple here for you. www dot sabinehan.net s-a-b-i-n-e-h-a-h-n sabinehan.net there's also uh, you can get it at facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash die hockey kids that's the german die as sabine so explained d hockey kids d hockey kids but it's spelt d-i-e hockey kids all one word that's on facebook and also at bookdepository.com. It's available there, the book. So you can go to www.bookdepository, all one word, dot com. And uh, catch Sabine on um, Facebook. I think she's on Twitter as well, but you might have to look that one up. That's right. She's very, very, she's everywhere. very, very, very active on the, uh, on the social media front. Anyway. Finals. We mentioned at the beginning of the show. And uh, as we were talking about how, well, mate, we should talk about final season, we realised that perhaps in a lot of hockey nations and a lot of hockey countries, they don't play in a final series like we do in Australia. No, I've started to see it coming in a little bit in Europe um, of late, but traditionally, when you finish top of the league, that's it, you're the champions of that league, and first, second or third may make their way up until the, into the next league, but that's, that's the trophy that's being uh, played for, and that's, got, that's what you look, you're trying to win is... is finish top of the league and win that but in Australia it's a little bit different so as much as you do want to finish top of the league it's not always a priority for teams when they're playing hockey over here so we have a final system so if you finish in the final four or the final five in some cases then you go into a, a playoff system to then make your way through to hopefully a grand final and the grand final really is the thing that everybody strives to win more you know more importantly than finishing top of the ladder. Now, I've never played in the system, a league system like you describe in hockey, uh, as far as top of the table at the end of the home and away season wins the competition. So I don't understand why you do that, because I only know finals, and finals are the greatest time of the sports, of the hockey season. That Everything, the grass is better smelling, lines are whiter. It is just the most fabulous time to be involved in a sporting team. And, 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 and qu- quite there. often the umpires are better. Well, very often they are. Well, they're more experienced. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's, so you, so by winning, by finishing top of the league, you will win a pennant. You'll win a flag for that. And it's only ever really important to the team that finishes top of the, top of the ladder. They're yeah. happy that they win, they win a pennant, but anybody else, they don't really care about that whatsoever. No, in fact, if you're not in that pennant winning team, you probably think it's made a four ply with 
perforations in it, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, but you you want to win the the big flag, and so John and I are quite happy to report that we've made our way through, guaranteed into our uh, two sets of final series yep. this year. And uh, so the first round of those finals comes up this weekend. It's a first versus second for both of our teams. And uh, the winner of that team automatically makes their way through to the grand final two weeks later. And the loser of that game goes to play off against the winner of the third versus fourth. Now, regular listeners to this podcast will notice over the next couple of weeks... The quality of this podcast will be directly proportional to the results achieved during those finals <laughs> matches. Now, if both of us are lucky enough to get to a grand final and both lucky enough to win it, I would expect this podcast to be a very, very low standard following those, those wins. There's the potential of us going off the air for a couple of weeks. Well, no, we'll be on air, but you just won't be able to understand a word we're saying. <laughs> anyway, enough of our self-indulgence. Uh, well, thank you, thanks everybody for downloading us again and tuning into the podcast. If you are about to get in, embark on a final series, though, good luck to you. Enjoy it. It is the best time to be playing at this time of year. Make the most of it and just love the occasion. That's it. They don't come around every year. Well, that's about it for this week, Matt. It's. Uh Hope you enjoyed the Sabine Hahn interview and we'll have more featured interviews next week on the Reverse Stick. Yeah, just quietly, we've got a, a good one lined up for next week, so make sure that you tune in and please do spread the word of the Reverse Stick podcast. Get onto Facebook, like and subscribe and share and send us your comments. And over on Twitter, just spread the love. Oh, absolutely, and if you are playing finals over the next couple of weeks, good luck to your team. If your nation's playing in a Confederation Cup, good luck for your chances to get to the World Cup. And we'll be across it all here on the Reverse Stick. Yeah, some great hockey action coming up. Love Bye-bye it. for now.